You are listening to Haftorah, the Shir series where we explore the connections between the Parsha Shavuah and its corresponding Haftorah. And here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, although this week's Parshios are Tazria and Mitzorah, this Shabbos will be reading the Haftorah for neither of them. And that is because this Shabbos is also going to be Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, which means that in addition to the special Maftir that we'll be reading at the end of Kriyasa Torah, which comes from Sefer Pinchas and describes the Karbonos of actually both Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, we will also be reading the special Haftarah, which comes to us from the very end, the final chapter of Sefer Yishayahu, Parak Samachvav 66 in Yishayahu. And as always, we're looking for the connection between the themes that we find, on the one hand, in Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, if there is an identifiable theme between the two that we can hone in on, and of course, how those connect to the Haftarah. And we'll talk a little bit about that after I dedicate this shir. So as far as connections go between Shabbos Rosh Chodesh on the one hand and the Haftarah on the other, so I would say you don't have to look really far to find it, but that wouldn't entirely be true because you actually have to go to the end of the Haftarah to see where the dots are fully connected when the Haftarah actually gives the explicit shout-out to Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh in the single Pasuk. Which Pasuk? It is the penultimate Pasuk, the second-to-last Pasuk in the Haftarah. Right? You don't always get to use the word penultimate, and when you do, you definitely seize the opportunity. And every now and then, we have in our liturgy a penultimate Pasuk that is significant, particularly because it is repeated even after the final line we had that recently when we discussed the Haftarah for Shabbos HaGadol. And we have that once again for this week's Haftarah, for the Haftarah for Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, where we do not finish the Haftarah with the final Pasuk in Yishayahu because it's not such a flattering and pleasant-sounding Pasuk. And whenever we end on, a, on what looks like a downer, we... Avoid doing that and instead go back to read the penultimate Pasuk, which is what we do here. And in this case, that penultimate Pasuk, which is Pasuk Chaf Gimel in, Sefer, in, uh, in the 66th paragraph of Sefer Yishaya. So we read that Pasuk instead, which talks about Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos. Right? So it says, And it'll be from new moon to new moon, from Rosh Chodesh to Rosh Chodesh. And from Shabbos to Shabbos, All flesh are going to come to bow before me. Amar Hashem says Hashem. And that uh, beautifully does everything, I think, that you would hope a Haftarah would do. That is to make mention of the thing that we're celebrating. Right? Or if it's the Parsha, the thing that we're reading about, we have a reference to it. And we prefer definitely to end with that Pasuk. So we read it twice. We read it first, the first time when you get up to it. Then after you read Pasuk Chavdalad, we get back to it. Because Chavdalad doesn't look so nice. And they shall go out and see the all the corpses of the people who rebelled against me. Right, Obviously, um, people who rebel against the Shem, it's not a good thing that they do that and they should be punished. But it's not really a pleasing thing to end on, especially as the Pasuk continues, Kiso latam lo samus, their maggots and worms are not going to die. Vi'isham lo and the fire that's consuming them will never be extinguished. Right, uh, so that's something, not something you really want to think about. basar, and there'll be an abhorring for all flesh. So this is definitely um, something that 
we don't want to think about, we don't want to think about uh, people suffering in Gehenna. So we go back and say, okay, let's talk about the positive, that all those who come back to Hashem are going to bow before Hashem every single Rosh Chodesh, every single Shabbos. And of course, on Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, we have the two coming together. We have the convergence of Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. So it works really nicely. The question is, what about all the Pesukim leading up to it? Why is it that the Haftarah ends talking about what's going to happen every single week and every single month. Why Why not go go back even further? Every single year, on every single Shalosh Ragalam and every single Yom Tov, why are we honing in on Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh? What are we supposed to be reflecting on at these particular times? Right, And it's it's interesting to note that you know when you, um, Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, they do come in their times, obviously. Shabbos every single week, Rosh Chodesh every single month. Shabbos marks the end of the week or the beginning of the week in a certain sense. And uh, Rosh Chodesh as well is is really the end and beginning of every month. And so it's the time where time kind of restarts. Okay, and maybe for every single Chag and every single Yom Tov that we have, it's almost like time is restarting, but those are once annually, right? Here, they, they, these are periodic and the times are predictable. Shabbos or Chodesh, every single time it comes. Not every single time does Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh converge like this the way they do. Um, but he, here when they're together, we are apparently making a big deal about it. right? And it's not just because Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh are each uniquely unique. Right? Each one has its own special elements and features. Right, and for that reason, we do have a, on the one hand, for example, when we read in the Kriyasa Torah, the Karbanos of Shabbos and the Karbanos of Rosh Chodesh, each one has its own special Musaf. But if you look more closely, just for example, at our davening on Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, what we, what we, ha, what we, what you might notice is that it's not just oh, you have you know one Shmona Esrei that gives a shout out to both the Karban of Shabbos and the Karban of. Of Musaf, right? Maybe for Shacharis, at least when you're davening Shacharis, you have a Shabbos Shemona Esrei, and we sprinkle it with Rosh Chodesh by putting in Yalav Yavo, right? Because it's not talking about the special Karbanos of the day. But when we do speak about the Karbanos of the day, even then in Musaf, it's not just a Shabbos Shemona Esrei, a Shabbos Musaf Shemona Esrei with a little bit of Rosh Chodesh. It takes on a completely new character, right? There actually is a Machlokas in the Poskim, and it translates into different halachos, which we're not going to discuss now, but when Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh come together, similar to when Shabbos and, Rosh Chodesh, Shabbos and Yom Tov appear together, um, is it that there are two Kedushos that just happen to intersect at this time, and there's a Shabbos Kedusha, and then there's a Kedusha of the Yom Tov, or a Kedusha of the Rosh Chodesh? Or is it possible that the two come together and create an entirely brand new animal, a new Kedusha? Are they Shtei Kedushos or, or Kedusha Achas? Right? Um, this this Machlokas really goes back to the Gemara already. So, in a certain sense, if you look at the Musaf for Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, it really takes on a new character. If you go back to Baal Tzvi, the workshop, we devoted more than one shear to the special Musaf of Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, it's a special paragraph. Some of the Musaf has the has the semblance of Rosh Chodesh davening. Some of it has the matveya, the formula of Shabbos. And yes, we talk about the karbanos for each one. And we've quoted in the past from Rav Sariah Dublitsky's Tikkun Tefillah, the Masora, the tradition for reading the Shabbos paragraphs to the Shabbos tune and the Rosh Chodesh paragraphs to the Rosh Chodesh tune. We're not going to do demonstrations now because this is not BTW. It's not Baltzvi the workshop. Maybe I'll include the links to those in this particular shear so you can go back and listen to those. Um, but what I think is important for us to notice is that 
the two, when they come together, there's apparently a new character that they take on. Right? Because Atayatarta Olamchami Kadem, it discusses how Hashem created the world in the ancient times. And what did he do? He on Yom Hashvi on the seventh day he he finished all his work and then it goes on to talk about some of what we normally talk about on Rosh Chodesh. But why do we highlight that from times of old you created the world? So we pointed out in Baal the workshop in the past that this is really this line is borrowed. Um, some of the words and maybe the order is switched, but it's borrowed from Zichronos of Rosh Hashanah, of the Rosh Hashanah Mosaf. Meaning when Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh come together, it almost has a feeling of Yom Emeraim of Rosh Hashanah. Why is that? So, and by the way, we pointed out that um, for this reason, there's a, there's, there's a Masora out there of reading the first line of Atayat Sarta to the Yamim Norayim tune. But then when you get to So this I didn't point out so thoroughly in the, or really at all in the, in the Baltzvila workshop, but that line is really to the Shabbos tune. And then you go into Rosh Chodesh. So, the, 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 and so obviously, you have to, if, if when we're talking about nusach, the whole question is whether or not you know, you're able to um, get all of the nusachos in there. Um, only you know, only if you if you've mastered it, should you go for it. But the point is, Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh takes uh, together. They have the same feeling of Rosh Hashanah, and why is that? So there's, there there is a Gemara in Erevin that talks about. Um, the compromise of why on Rosh Hashanah, in the Rosh Hashanah davening, we don't make a shout-out to the fact that it's also Rosh Chodesh. Right? Rosh Hashanah technically is Rosh Chodesh too. The compromise is to call it Yom HaZikaron, because really every Rosh Chodesh is a time of Kapara. It's a time where Hashem is doing a cheshbon. He's doing a calculation and He's judging us, maybe not as intently as He, and intensely, um, I should say, as He does on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, but there's a new judgment happening at that time. And apparently when Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh come together, we have more reason to reflect on Hashem's dominion over the world. Um, and this is because if you look in the Art Scroll Sitter, which we've quoted in the past in, in Baal Workshop, in the name of the uh, Ion Tzfila, that Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh come together to, on the one hand, reflect on Hashem's creation of the world, which is something that we do every Shabbos, but also reflect on the cycle of the moon, as there were times where people believed in the moon as a deity. And we know the moon to be a sign of our renewed avoda of our ability to do tshuva and to come back. And of course, that's why it's connected to Rosh Hashanah. It's a time of kapara, of starting over. But also in our, in our Kiddush HaChodesh, I should say in our Kiddush Lavana, we describe how Hashem returns the moon to its spot. And it stands as a testimony that Hashem created the world. And we use the moon as an opportunity. And we're looking at the moon as an opportunity, as a springboard for further recognition in Hashem. And in this vein, we start to begin to see how this is not just shouted out in our davening, but how it gives new character to the day. When the beginning and when the end of the beginning of the week and the end of the beginning of the month come together at the same time, we pay extra close attention to the implications of both Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. That this is a time where we have renewed understanding of Hashem's charge over the world, over all creations, even the heavenly bodies, and what that requires of us. Now, allow that to be our introduction to the actual Haftarah as we try to dig a little bit deeper to see why is it important that we highlight at the very end of our Haftarah that, oh, one day, every Shabbos and every Rosh Chodesh, all people are going to come and bow before Hashem. What really are we reflecting on? Is that penultimate line in our Haftarah, which happens to be repeated 
So is that all we have that connects us to Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, or is there perhaps something more? So we actually begin the Haftarah with Pasuk Aleph, and it says, Hashem Hashem raglai. That Hashem speaks out and says, the Shemaim is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. My footstool. So, and so therefore, where is the, the house that you're going to build for me? And which is going to be my place of rest? Right, that already is a reference to the Makom the just like we say every single Shabbos on Kabbalah Shabbos. Right, um, which in context was a reference to Eretz Yisrael. So when um, at the time of the Miraglim, when Hashem swore that we would not get, be able to see the place of Hashem's contentment, the place of Menucha. So, in a more global and in a temporal sense, Shabbos represents the place of Menucha, where we get to have that semblance of being in Yerushalayim, in Eretz Yisrael, with the base of Migdash, and of course. That's what we get every single Shabbos. Shabbos is the Mikdash in time. So right away, we have a reference to Menucha, a reference to Shabbos. We are not just celebrating the fact that it's Rosh Chodesh today on Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. We are celebrating the fact that it is Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. Something special about both Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, and perhaps the two of them as they once again converge. So we reference the Mako Menuchasi, and Hashem is saying, well, what house do you have for me? I already own the Shemaim and Arts, right? The heavenly bodies. And which you know, which maybe we think of when we think of Rosh Chodesh, and of course the Earth, Shabbos, heaven and earth. Right, Shabbos is creation. Hashem created the world. So you're going to try to build me a mikdash. How are you going to build a house that's going to contain Hashem? Right, so this is the um, this is the broader question that we have when we think about the mikdash. And yet, what does the mikdash do? The mikdash connects heaven and earth. It connects maybe the Shabbos and the Rosh Chodesh. Vies kolela yadi asasa, and all these things my 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 hands made. Vayiu kolela nu umashem velze abit el ani unichiruach vicharid al dvari. And yet Hashem says, but to this one I will look to the poor of and of the crushed spirit, who nonetheless hasten to do my bidding. Right. So it's interesting. Hashem is the creator of heaven and earth, and yet He cares about what we do in our own lives. Right. Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. We think about Hashem's majesty over the world, and yet there are implications for us. And no matter where you are standing in your own life, you have um, you have your your duty to serve Hashem, and Hashem takes note of that. Right? And we think about that on Shabbos that we have a relationship with Hashem, and on Rosh Chodesh, no differently. We should be thinking about that. No matter how little, quote unquote, you might think you are, everything you do matters. And yet Hashem says in Pasuk Gimel, the Navi says, Shochet Ashur, who slaughters an ox, Makei Ish Although the one who has slain a man, he's going to try to offer a carbon. You killed another person, and then you're going to try to give me a sheep, or Rav Kelev Malay, and you're going to slaughter a lamb as though you're beheading a dog, meaning what you're doing is not really that special. If you're not bringing a carbon the right way, don't ever think that you give back to Hashem. Right? Hashem doesn't actually need a mikdash. Hashem doesn't actually need your carbonos. Something that we've reflected on in the past in, in other haftarahs. Remember when we talked about the haftarah for, uh, for Parsha Tzav from, from Sefer Yirmiya, who says you can eat your carbonola. So mali mincha dam chazir. You're going to bring blood for, from a chazir as, as, as your mincha. So maybe in, in, in the world of pagans, they thought you could bring a, a carbon, you could appease Hashem. For us, carbonos, there isn't there is an effect of appeasing, yes, but only if it's coming from a person who's really reflecting and coming back to Hashem and doing teshuva. 
Right? And, on, and again, on Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, we reflect on the real-life relationship that we're supposed to have with Hashem. And then the Haftar interestingly switches gears from talking about the wrong way to bring a carbon. It switches to a conversation about the birth pangs of what appears to be the Geula. It's a, you know, it compares um, Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael, how Zion will give birth to children. And then from there, in Pasuk Yod, it says, Simchu es Yerushalayim, v'gilu Rejoice with Yerushalayim and all those who who uh, experience joy with it, all those who love it, who love her. Sisuita, uh, rejoice with her, masos kol all those who mourned over it, right, which might be uh, the basis for the line in Chazal that says that those who uh, mourn for Yerushalayim will be zocha to experience the rebuilding of Yerushalayim. And it sounds like this is, uh, this is the result of those birth pangs. Interesting that we're reflecting on that now, on this day of Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. So we spoke about, again, Beis HaMikdash, does Hashem need it? Karbanos, does Hashem need it? Hashem owns everything, and you think Hashem prefers the Karbanos over proper behavior? And then, that apparently is the next, the, the, the step after that is, oh, Yerushalayim being rebuilt, and we're going to return there. So it, it almost sounds like there's, I don't know if I would call it a conflict or a possible tension, but on the one hand, we're saying that, again, Hashem doesn't need Karbanos, doesn't need Beis Mikdash, but then we're saying, oh, but we're going to return there, and what's going to happen when we get back there? Right, so then, um, the Navi continues, and I'll skip a little bit, in Pasakir Gimel, where Hashem says, where the Navi in Hashem's name says, Kisha Shiri like a man whose mother consoles him, I'm going to console you, Uvir Shalayim Tinuchamu, and in your Shalayim you shall be consoled. It sounds like almost like the Shabbos Nachamu or the Sheva Dinechamta, which we'll talk about, you know, this summer, Bezras Hashem. But it talks about the Nachamah that's going to take place. And then the Navi kind of switches directions a little bit to talk about the enemies of Hashem, against whom Hashem's anger is going to flare like fire. Um, a little bit of that we referenced earlier in the Haftarah, which comes back at the end. And he describes how, um, how those nations, so Hashem's going to come back at them, and that at one point in the future, and what's going to happen is they're going to they're going to bring your brethren from among the nations as a tribute to Hashem, meaning you're going to be returned on a horse and chariot, and so on and so forth. And he says, where are they going to return to? Al There's going to be a return to Hashem's special mountain in Yerushalayim, where we find the base of Migdash. In other words, maybe Hashem doesn't need it, but maybe we need it, and that's why we have to reflect on it. Even the Goyim are going to start bringing Karbanos, just like we have. Hashem says, even from them, I'm going to take Kohanim to be Leviim. Meaning, it sounds like he's saying that, at least according to the Pashib shot, it sounds like Hashem is going to take um, ambassadors, administrators from even the Goyim. You'd have to see how all the Mepharshim understand that line and maybe how Amfevler and Imam Ari Chazal about it. But the point is that even Goyim are going to start coming back and wanting to serve Hashem in his Mikdash. And we know that when we think about the Mikdash, um, it is true that it is the base Tefilasik in the Kareh L'chol right, for all of them to be able to bring Karbanos Ola. Right, so this is not just something that's for Klal Yisrael. And then, 
Maybe the next most important line that connects to Shabbos Rosh Chodesh is in Pasuk Chav Beis, just before that penultimate Pasuk. Ki kasher Hashem for just as the new heavens, the Haaretz HaChadasha, there'll be new heavens and a new earth, Asher Aniyoseh, that, the, the, that I make, just as they stand before me, so shall your seed and your name stand. What exactly is a new Shemaim and a new Aretz? And it could be the idea is that we say Hashem is mechadish b'cholyum tuva b'chol maseh That at, really at all moments Hashem is renewing Shemayim and arts and all of His creations. Hashem, is, and Hashem didn't just create it and walk away from it. Hashem is still working on it. It's a work in progress. And because of that, we have to constantly reflect on the fact that Hashem is in the act of creation. And He's in the act of intervening and running our lives. Now, it's hard to think about it every moment, even though we strive for Shavis Yashem and Egdi Samid, but at least every Shabbos, every Chodesh, once a week, once a month, there are junctures. And then when that once a week, the beginning and end of the week, and the beginning and end of the month, when they come together, we reflect on it even more, once again, that Hashem is the one in charge of our lives. And with that, I want to turn back to the question of why we reflect on the Beis HaMikdash. Why are we reflecting on returning to Yerushalayim? Why is that a special theme of Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh? And I think very simply the answer is that when we think of what makes Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh different, it's the Karbanas Mosef that we hope to one day have the opportunity to bring. We don't really mourn about the Mikdash on Shabbos. Shabbos represents a time where we have the Mikdash. But if you look at um, the Mosef of Rosh Chodesh and the Mosef of of Yamim Narayim and of Shlosh Regalim, they all discuss, on some level, the morning of the Mikdash. They talk about how we've been sent out of the Besan Mikdash, how we have been exiled, something that we don't reflect upon weekly every single Shabbos, because, like, how could we? Shabbos is supposed to be a day of Menucha, where you're in the Makkah Menuchasi, where you have the Besan Mikdash, at least in time, uh, there's some semblance of it being there. We don't mourn on Shabbos. There's no Dine Avilas on Shabbos of any sort. But when it comes to Yom Tov, so perhaps there isn't Avilas on Yom Tov, but we do very much talk about the Mikdash. If it's the Shlosh Gullim, how we're not being Ola Regal anymore. Even if it's Yamim Nerayim, how we're not able to do our Chovos, the obligatory Karbonos that we have to offer, and every single Rosh Chodesh, and also on Shabbos Rosh Chodesh the very same lines, uh, make it into the Musaf Shimon Esrei, which makes it, give, it gives it the feel of a Shalosh Regalim Davidim. Because in that sense, yes, we can't not pay attention to it when it's Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. When we think about not just the Karbanos that we owe, but when we think about our direction in life, where are we going? What's the goal? And so this Haftarah gives us a little bit of a Nechama. It says that there will be a time where every single Shabbos, every single Rosh Chodesh, and certainly when the two intersect, that all flesh are going to come to be able to bow before Hashem when we have the Mikdash once again. And yes, of course, all those who rebelled against Hashem will be paid back. But let's not harp on that. Let's harp on the fact that there will be a time where everyone who is left is going to want to serve Hashem and do nothing but that. Every single Shabbos, every single Chodesh, every single week, every single month. In Gullus, we are at a loss for direction. But when Mashiach comes, Bezras Hashem, there will be direction once again. And that direction will be downward, prostrating ourselves at the Hashem's Beis HaMikdash.
we won't have to daven for its rebuilding, but we'll just be engaged in the avodah with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so just like on Shabbos when we return to Hashem, and Hashem returns to us, we're back at the Moko Menuchasi, or the place of Hashem's Menucha, our Menucha, at the time that we are thinking about the cycle of the moon and how it returns, and how in just under a week, the moon will return to its spot, and how one day the moon's lacking will be filled. Hopefully one day, soon, will also our lacking will be filled, and we will completely be returned to Hashem. We should be zocha to have that bridge finally gapped between Shemayim and Arts, between Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, between us and our Creator. We have that through the building of the base of Migdash and the Arabi Amenu. If you enjoyed the share and others like it on the podcast and you want to partner up with us with a sponsorship, or if you have questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or you want to join the database podcast WhatsApp group where you will find links to every uploaded share or links to reposted share and due to their relevance, then all you have to do is reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data then base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. Until next time, have an absolutely wonderful Shabbos, and thank you for joining us here at the database.